Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Well, today we'll continue our study with W. Philip Keller. Uh, a Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's our summer series book. Uh, the book's available on Amazon as well as uh, Kindle and anywhere you can find a book. It's one of the old ones. Uh, but it's a wonderful book Dr. Philip Keller wrote on. He, as a young man, actually owned sheep and then later on in life became a pastor. And it's the things that he learned uh, over the time. And so this week we're in chapter 5. And in chapter 5 we talk about cast sheep. And that just means when sheep fall over and they need the shepherd to bring them uh, back up because they can't do it on their own. They're, they're helpless, defenseless animals. And uh, so that's really what the chapter deals with. But as we look at Psalm 23, we're looking at the, the part of the verse where it says, He restores my soul. He restores my soul. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today as we look at cast sheep. This is the first half of this two-part study. So we're in chapter 5. As we talk about cast sheep, uh, the thing that we're looking at tonight is he restores my soul. He restores my soul. And the beauty of that verse is, is that you have a shepherd, uh, a good shepherd, in Jesus Christ that can restore your soul. Now, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. We'll talk about that. But there are going to be times when you're going to need him to restore your soul because you've fallen into some sort of sin or something's going on and it needs to be dealt with. And, uh, and, and so as he's talking about cast sheep, he's talking about sheep that fall over, uh, whether they have too much wool or they're too fat. Um, you know, there are three things that we'll be looking at as we go through this. But the sheep fall over, and when they fall over, remember, sheep are, they're not... They can't defend themselves. They can't bite at a predator. And, you know, there's nothing really a sheep can do. And when they fall over, they usually within the first 60 seconds, if they can't get up, they're done. And they're all on, all, on their back and on all four legs up in the air. When that starts happening, their digestive system starts producing uh, fluid, which causes the legs to start to numb. And even if they could get up, their legs are not there to help them back up. They'll just fall right over again. And so the reason he shares this is he's talking about the care that the shepherd provides when a sheep is in distress. And, and that's really what it comes down to is he restores my soul. And that's the beauty of the, the good shepherd in Jesus Christ. Psalm 42 verses 9 through 11 says, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? 
Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach. Will they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I yet shall praise him to help of my countenance and my God. And John 17, 12 says, While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them have been lost except the son of destruction. He's talking about Judas. That the scripture might be fulfilled. So what we see is that it's Jesus that protects the sheep. He protects you. If you belong to him and you're a follower of his, he protects you. He is the one that protects you. And, and it goes back to that verse that we talked about. We've read this verse a few times in Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. And, and I, I pray this is one that you just have written on your heart somewhere. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it was written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for slaughter, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, uh, nor depth, nor any other, th- any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a reminder to us that there is nothing that... that as we talk about our salvation and we talk about, you'll hear people ask the question, can I lose my salvation? No, because if you could, it would be on you. It would be something that would be dependent on you. And I know within 24 hours of me giving my life and my heart to Christ and surrendering my heart to Christ and, and repenting, I had wrath and anger that was full sin within 24 hours. And I honestly thought, okay, well, that was quick. It's done. And I think that's where a lot of Christians are, especially new believers. They think, well, I just sinned. It's over. No. If <laughs> you're going, there's gonna, you're like, the, the, the best thing about this verse or this chapter is, you know, we talk about his, we are his workmanship. We are his pomia, right? And, and he's going to use things like chisels. And he sometimes is going to have to bust this all out and get rid of some stuff. But I love this because when he's talking about the sheep, he has to pull out the shears. Sometimes he's going to have to get the scalpel. He may have to, have to cut something out because it, remember we talked about how the wool, when the sheep lie down, it's like Velcro. If a sheep gets an infection in the wool, into the skin, what's going to have to happen? It's going to have to be cut out. The shepherd's going to have to cut it out. And so things in our life sometimes have to go. But it's not dependent on you. Your salvation is guaranteed. Pastor Chuck used to always say, once saved, always saved, as long as you abide. And everybody gets hung up on that last little part, as long as you abide. You know, people will say, well, I I think I've lost my salvation. I'm like, the fact that you're talking to me about the sin and the thing that you're going through, you have not lost your salvation because the Holy Spirit's already convicted you and brought you here. Remember that. We have to remember we cannot be so religious that, that God cannot save either. That's the other side of this is that God can't deal with things. But sometimes what happens is we get more mature in Christ, and we're going to talk about that this weekend as we talk about growing up. 
Sometimes as we get more mature in Christ, what happens is we, we think we're good to go. And, and we just let things, we just start carrying stuff that we're not supposed to carry. And we start becoming religious. It says, he also spoke this parable. This is in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves and they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with, my, with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast a week, twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you that this man uh, went down to the house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will humble, will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. The, the, the beauty of that scripture is, is like to remember like within humility, that's where God does the work and God can deal with your sin. Now, who do you think is going to walk away from praying at the temple thinking everything's fine? The Pharisees. Because he already is prideful. I'm not like these other men. Who did Jesus come to save? The extortioners, the prostitutes, the alcoholics, the addicts. And when they hit that place of surrender, there's great humility in that. And so we need to be very careful that we don't end up like the Pharisees in this story. And this is no different than as he goes through these different parables that he has, as he talks about the tax collector, you know, it's, it's no different than the, the pride that the, the prodigal son, the older brother had. It's the same thing. In Isaiah 57, 15, it says, For the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, says, I live in, live in a high and holy place and with oppressed and lowly of spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the oppressed. That's why when somebody tells me they, I, I have seen it from when they come in, they're, they're just broken. And within that humility is where God goes to work because we're crushed. As you look at the prodigal son, you see in Luke 15, Verse 25, it says, Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore the father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed you, your commandment, at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as your son, as soon as, your, uh, as, soon as this son of yours came, he doesn't even call him his brother. He's like, as soon as your son. How many of us do that to our spouses? That's your son. That's your daughter. No, that's, that's your kid. They're, they're ours, right? Who's devoured your livelihood with harlots. You killed the fatted uh, calf for him, and he said to him, uh, to him, Son, you are always with me. All that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead 
and is alive again and was lost and is found. So as we look at these cast sheep, we need to look at it as, as we should celebrate and rejoice when a shepherd, when our good shepherd places a cast sheep back on its feet or goes and finds the lost sheep. There should be rejoicing in the church, but I'm afraid what's happening in the church is we're like the prodigal son. And we're focused on the wrong things. We're, we're focused on the other person's sin. That, 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 that couldn't be forgiven. That sin can't be forgiven. We start feeling self-righteous. And guess what you start doing? You're adding wool to your coat. And you're becoming so heavy, you're going to fall down and be cast. See, when we talk about this first part of being cast, what we're talking about first is, is understanding. Like, I love what Philip Keller says. Like, every one of his sheep he had account for. Even when he was going out of town, the one sheep that he knew would always fall, his son had to account for him every day. Why? Because when the sheep gets cast, the buzzards come. He already knows where the sheep is because they're getting ready to eat. He only has a few hours before that sheep is dead. That shepherd's going to look for that sheep. And, and that's important for us to remember. It's like at the end of the day, we have to remember that Jesus cares about every one of us. And we can't be so judgmental about somebody coming into the church or what sin that they had. Oh, that's your brother. That's a, no, they're our family. That's our church family. Right? It's hard. It, it, you know, sometimes it gets really tough. But it's like the more that you allow that religion to come start focusing into your life, you start allowing that, that wool to start building up. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion for them. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he, uh, has he said, and he will not do it, or he has spoken, and it will not, uh, he will not fulfill it. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christ is about having compassion on everyone because we're all made in the image of God. We're all made in the image of God. Okay? So Christ has compassion on everyone. Even the satanic leader, Christ has compassion on. The atheist, the Muslim, the Buddhist, the Buddhist who says, I have enlightenment, but Buddha never said he was, I am the light. Only Jesus did. All these things we have to remember that they are, they are sheep that are cast that need to be cared for by the shepherd. And they need to be restored just as you needed to be restored. It's important for you to remember that. Don't forget where God pulled you from. Don't get on a high horse and think you got it all figured out. Because you don't. Don't be looking down on somebody else like the prodigal son, the, the prodigal son's brother, or the tax collector. At least I'm not like, because that's what we do. I'm not like that sheep. I may have done this, but I'm not, I didn't do that. And we got to be very careful with that. So the first sheep that he talks about is, is too fat because of the wool. And the wool represents sin, anxiety, and things that were not given over to God. Okay? We're not giving them over to God. And the wool becomes heavy and fat. And the sheep, when they lie down, is comfortable. 
And so they lie down, and guess what? They roll over because they got so much wool. And they lose their center of gravity, and eventually they lose their feet. And then all of a sudden, they're in a panic, and they have become cast. And 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 says, For all the world... For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. One of the things that causes us to take wool on is sin. It's sin. We allow those things to, uh, to be part of our, our daily driver, whether it's the, you know, these three things that are given here, the pride of life, or the, the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes. Do you understand those three elements that are given in that verse are the same three elements that, that, that Eve dealt with? The tree was good for food. That is the lust of the flesh. The tree was pleasant to, to the eyes. That was lust of the eyes. It was the tree to be desired to make one wise. That is the pride of life. So is there, is there some kind of sin, wool that you're carrying? Are you, are you willing to allow the shepherd to shear you and take, take care of it, get rid of it? The other thing that happens with that is, is it becomes things that we're not turning over to God. It can be anxiety. And, and, and that's something else within it. It can be things that we're hanging on to. Unforgiveness. Stress. You're not trusting God. Right? It's, it, you, and the wool is just... And you're trying to get walking and you're carrying all this wool. And you're about to be cast. Luke 15, verses 4 through 7 says, What of you, having a hundred sheep, if he had lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors and saying to them, Rejoice with them, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over the one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And I love what Philip Keller says. When he, as soon as he knew that there was a sheep missing, he goes, I would start to run towards it, hurry as fast as I could, for every minute was critical. And to understand, like, your shepherd, your good shepherd, leaves the 99, right? So God the Father is, is saying, hey, it's time to go. So he gets Jesus, and he leaves the 99, and he sends Christ out to go searching for the sheep. And, and understand, like, the, sh the other sheep are taken care of. God's got them. Because I hear a lot of times, well, why would he leave the rest of the flock? The other question is, was that sheep part of the flock? Was it a believer? You ever ask that question? Drifted away. Because it was part of the flock. It was one of the 99. Or is it lost? Never knew Christ, and he's going after him. It's both of those are true. And so when we think about a missing sheep, your good shepherd, Jesus Christ, is going, where's Kirk? Where's Michael? Where's Jess? Where's Allie? Where's Donna? Where's Floor? Where's Teresa? Where's Jay? Where's Court? He's searching for you. As soon as you start drifting, he's looking for you. Drawing you back, trying to draw you back. The two other parables for the, the lost sheep, the other one that reinforces the main point is the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. And, and they do talk about lost people. 
And so when the good shepherd wants to pursue another lost lamb, the 99 who are in the fold can joyfully support the rescue and joyfully support when the sheep is returned. Right? And I love the care that he talks about. Dr. W. Philip Keller talks about when the sheep are cast, they have to gently raise the sheep up. And then he has to massage the legs because they've lost circulation. You know how much care that is? How much love that is for that animal? And he refers to us as that sheep. In Psalm 55, 22, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he'll sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. You know his voice. You're his children. When, he's, when, you're, when you're dealing with sin or you're dealing with anxiety, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. It's important for us to remember that in this life, you're going to go through trauma and turmoil and death and illness. And all these things you're going to go through. But you need to stick to the good shepherd. But what happens when we don't let go of that stuff, right? We, we need to remember, like, how do you hear his voice? Through his word and prayer and fellowship. We're going to talk about the beauty of the body of Christ this weekend and how important that is, the unity in the body. But how, like, if, if I'm the big toe and I ain't there, y'all ain't walking, Right? It requires all of us, because some of y'all may be ligaments, some may be the other toes. You know, it requires Christ the head, but we all have to be working together in unity and love. And we need to know his voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. In John 10, verses 27. <clears throat> in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Uh, when is your, your, your work done? When you take your last breath on this earth. That's it. That's, that's it. That's all you get. If you think about where you're at, what are you focused on? What, do you, what weight are you carrying? You know, I, I, to understand like, he, it, like the work, the good work that he's prepared for you is, is going to continue on until you take your last breath. Philippians 2.13, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And then remember we talked about equipping in Hebrews 13, 21, equip you with every good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. And understand, like, Satan even wants to try to get at you. And Satan even came after Simon, Peter. He tells him in Luke 22, verse 31 through 32, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for, your, uh, for you that your faith may not fail. Then he goes, no, I told Satan he can't mess with you. No, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. What happens when we carry too much wool? There's a, a sheep, and I'll have to show you the picture. I don't know if y'all can see it from here. I don't know how good y'all's eyes are. Um, Shrek, the sheep, was missing for six years. Shrek didn't want anything to do with shearers at all. He hated when the shepherd would shear him. He wouldn't, he wouldn't allow it. So when Shrek would be found after six years, now for whatever reason, this sheep didn't end up cast, right? But when Shrek was found, six years, he was hiding in caves throughout New Zealand. Plenty of water, plenty of food. 
but the shepherd never stopped looking for him in six years. What are you carrying? What did you walk in here with today? What are you not turning over to God? This is the representation of a cast sheep. And the first one was the wool, right? What do you need to let go of? What do you need Jesus to pull the shears out? Psalm 56, 13 says, For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. For us, it's a reminder, like it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Some of us have come into this, this study today, and you have stuff that you're not letting go of. You have sin that you, are, you think nobody knows about. Unforgiveness, past hurts. And there are a lot of people dealing with uh, childhood trauma from Sound of Freedom. Can you imagine if you've been dealing with that since middle school or elementary school? And you're like Shrek with all that wool. And Jesus wants to shear you and take it out. Because it's hindering the rest of your life. It's hindering the relationships that you have. Because you're still back in middle school. Can I tell you, um, my wife said something a while back that stuck with me. Um, my mom did the best that she could with the, the tools that she had. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 